This is the Sea to Sky podcast with Alan, weaving through the issues in Sea to Sky country. Okay, welcome to another edition of Sea to Sky podcast. I'm here with Dave Buzzard. Now, full disclosure, I've known Dave for decades, and it's public knowledge that I actually signed his nomination papers. Now, Dave, do you think that's going to make me unobjective here? Well, um, here, here, oh, this, you're going to love this. Um, I went in there, and they uh, they rejected your papers. <laughs> I think it's somebody else to sign. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. You're not registered to vote. So uh, they had a bit of a fiasco in 2011 with that. And uh, so now a, a very nice lady at the Municipal Hall uh, goes through your paperwork and checks your... Uh, My voter registration. And yeah, yeah full confirmation. I last time I voted was in I was living in Vancouver so that would be the reason for that yeah it must be a libertarian thing or something uh, I don't know so. <laughs> okay so I didn't uh, I didn't even have to do that probably we could have we could have skipped on that. although when I looked on the uh, when I looked on the website underneath your name for candidates running for council and clicked they they have the nomination papers there my name was still on it so i thought you know in the interest of yeah of there's you but i actually had to sit out in front of um blends until somebody came along and i just went up to and that was right down to the wire yeah i guess it was yeah, yeah. i was was really debating on whether or not i should go or not so. okay so i'm glad you said that why that's i guess that's the sixty four thousand dollar question why are you running I'm here. I have a really strong commitment to the community. I've lived here my entire life, and uh, you know, I really think I can give back. And um, part of the whole photojournalism thing as well, you know, you, you just have this ingrained thing to want to change the world for the better. You know, I think that just comes with the territory. So. All right. So if you want to, you're not changing the world, but you're changing Whistler. What would you like to do in Whistler? Well, I, I always tell people, and you know, good governments are inherently boring. Yeah, I think I think a lot of people agree with that. Yeah, yeah there's no you controversy. Know, uh, right? Well, you know, you you just want them to be. Uh, you want to elect the people who's going to re- represent you, and you know they'll they'll do their thing in the background, and you know you're probably going to agree with most of what they do, and you know if you don't, it's probably not a deal killer. You know, if uh, you have a government where you have uh, an angry mob shows up to council every week, uh, you know, then you're probably doing something wrong. Well, if it's a different angry mob, then you're really doing something <laughs> wrong. Yeah. So, the new group yeah. every. Week. Yeah, yeah, if you have a different angry mob coming in every time, then, boy, you know, you better rethink your strategy. So, seriously, you know, um, I, I'm very fiscally minded. You know, I drive an 18-year-old Ford truck because I just don't see the point in having a new one. And, um, you know, the municipality is uh, has very good books at the moment, which is hats off to the existing council and staff. But, you know, it's it's easy to get into a mindset where um, you're like, well, you know, we have lots of money, so let's go off and do stuff with it. And, and you know, that's that's where things get into economic problems. Um, uh, the, the, the council that was in from 2008 to 2011 where the taxes had to go up 20 percent. It's exactly how they got into that problem. And um, so that's a big one. And, and big sort of active thing that we're doing is it has to be employee housing. And employee and local housing, too, because, you know, we need the housing for, you know, seniors and people who are, you know, uh, disabled for whatever reason. And it is critical. The pool of housing that traditionally housed people in Worcester, which was old ski cabins that somebody had rented out and had five or ten people or whatever living in them, you know, that's that's disappearing. That's eroding very quickly because those houses are being bought up and renovated and, you and know. The, and the multi-million dollar cabins, quotation marks, oh. that, that take their place, those, those are used two weeks of the year. 
Exactly. They sit empty most of the time. And there's, there's nothing you can do to stop that. You know, if somebody buys a house and they don't want to rent it, then, you know, that's their business. So our situation as it sits now is is that the pool of, of available rental housing is, is disappearing faster than it can be built. So what do we do? We need to build more. Simple as that. But uh, who builds it? How do we pay for it? Where do well, we build it? Well, there you go. Right? You have two two models on the go right now, which uh, first one is, is that there's a very large bank of um, land that municipality owns in Chequemus Crossing. It's about 300 acres, and uh, and most of it's developable. And uh, and that's going to be the Chequemus Crossing Phase 2, and I think they're actually having an open house on that next week. So they're already moving on it. We're not exactly certain what's gonna, what it's going to be, but it'll be probably going to be a mix of townhouses and rental rental housing of some sort. There's uh, Worcester Blackcomb just announced that they're building a new uh, staff housing building, like similar to the, the big ones that they have from the 80s that are um, base two. So that'll be 250 extra people. You know, probably the most problematic of all are the, uh, the, the private-based ones. Uh, and the two main ones are across from Nestor's Shopping Center, where the little parking lot is there on the highway. Yeah. Nordic, the cul-de-sac there. And, you know, they both have issues to get over, especially the, the Nordic one. They had the famous 760-page uh, council package from, from the last week that everyone's been talking about. And I read it, and probably 150, 200 pages of that are <laughs> letters complaining about the Nordic. So <laughs> I don't think there's much support for it. Despite its difficulties, would you be in favor or would you be against it? I think it has vast problems. It's crammed in there really tight, for starters. Um, people who live around it didn't buy their property on the idea that somebody would throw a high-density unit in there. And the intersection on the highway is already dangerously overloaded. And those are things you just can't get over. It's it's very dangerous right now. You know, Traffic backs up in the winter because it's, it's too steep. It's hard to stop coming the other direction because, again, it's too steep. You know, I would suspect that before anything is ever built there, they're going to have to, to complete the um, expansion of the highway from function to uh, the village. And, and they'll have to normalize the grade in there, which is, you know, shave off the hill part and fill in the, the low section so that it's not a big steep dip in there. But that's provincial and there's nothing we can do about that. Well, it's always something you can do about everything, you know. Um, we need to get to the province and say, build a damn highway. And hopefully they build it. Never never hurts to ask. Speaking of transportation, mm-hmm. uh, or speaking of the highway, let's segue into transportation because yeah. that's another issue. Jack Crompton, who is the acclaimed mayor, he yeah. is in favor of working with Squamish and other partners in the Cedarside Corridor on a regional transportation uh, system, whatever that is. That's a change because because in previous councils, Whistler is his, uh, even though they did fund it originally back before the Olympics, the previous council has not been in favor of supporting regional transit. But again, if we're not going to have the housing in Whistler, there are going to be more commuters on the highway. There's just generally more traffic on the highway. Uh, what's your answer to a regional transportation? Yeah, we, we need something, obviously. I mean, on, on clearly on the face of it. I mean, there's less people who are, are, are live in Squamish and work in Whistler because Squamish is having its own business boom. But, I mean, take uh, take Mont Curry, for example. You know, there, there's a community that's, I think the unemployment rate's... 60 or 70 percent you know and here we are chronically under understaffed so why you know if we if we could get those people from there to here to work but um yeah you know i mean they have a permanent place to live and a community and all and the support 25 minutes away or 30 minutes away yeah it's like 35 40 minutes on a bus from yeah. mount curry at least 
we're not tapping that pool of labor at all, or very little. I mean, I know a few people from Mount Curry. Back in the day when my family had to camp around, we, um, we had a lot of staff from Mount Curry, and they came back every year. They were awesome. They're great. Yeah, and not everybody knows this, but your family's been in Whistler forever. You used to have the campground. Yeah, not the campgrounds that exist. Yeah, the, the campground. One that, the one that was there before that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you know where Spruce Grove neighborhood is, it's that's where um, that's uh, that was where it was. If you go, if you walk over the dike, you can still see the remains of some of the old campsites down by the river. Yeah, so not you can't say you're one of the original Whistler families, but you're close no. to it. Well, we, we go back to the 70s, and, you know, um, uh, my family was a, uh, an early investor in, in Whistler real estate in the village. I'll tell you, I've been through was it the 79 crash, the 82 crash. Uh, <laughs> when the know, conference center was going to be an ice yeah, rink. Yeah, it was going to be an ice that. rink, yeah. yeah. And people were, like, skiing, skiing turns off the roof because, you know, they were never going to build anything there. Um, yeah, you know, I've probably been through four or five financial crashes in Whistler. You know, the last one nearly got me. So uh, <laughs> so I'm guessing so, you'd like to avoid it and you'd like to see the community avoid well, it. Well, that's why I'm so strict about um, it's a boring issue, but you don't want to be sitting there, you know, highly exposed to these things and um, something totally outside of your control, like say a financial crisis and, you know, a, a mortgage crisis in the United States comes along and schwacks half the business that comes here. You know, you you always have to keep that in mind. You can't just say, oh, well, you know, we have lots of money. We could do whatever we want. I mean, that's a recipe for disaster. But having said that, and also being in support of regional transit, because that's always been the big knock, is Mm -hmm. that somehow it's got to be paid for. Do you see, I mean, how do you see paying for it? Do you see going to the province again for that? Partially. Is it cheaper to... To build a block of accommodation, or or is it cheaper to to bus an existing population of people who can work workforce down? You know, it's the same. Uh, you know, with daycare uh, at the all candidates meeting, somebody asked, you know, do you support advancing daycare workers uh, as essential workers on the on the list of uh, WHA housing? And you know, a lot of people are against that because you know people spend years on this list. But on the other hand, you know, if um, shockingly high daycare waiting lists if you bring a daycare worker in who can support 10 extra children in a daycare center if you get them a place to live that worth bumping them in front of probably hundreds of people on the waiting list yeah you know these are these are difficult questions the wait list for the daycare uh you know apparently people were were camping out overnight to get in it's a huge problem as well you know there's daycare spaces that have been converted into other community uses because you know we just don't have the people to man them so. what what about space in general there's uh, a lot of development going down at function junction some people are saying yeah use you know use more of it for residential mm-hmm. and and i don't just want to focus uh, focus on function junction but in general where do you see the need most for commercial space in Whistler? I think we're built out for the most part. I mean, there's there's the First Nations development that's going on in Function Junction, and right now we, we don't have the manpower to support that. With First Nations building that, I, I mean, I'm kind of hoping that maybe they'll supply some of their own guys to, to run the businesses that are in there. The amount of businesses that I, I know that just aren't operating at 100% when there's 100% of a market because they just don't have enough staff. Is, yeah. is, is frightening. You know, that is our problem at the moment. The potential of losing small businesses. Oh, we're losing them already. You know, people can't operate. 
you know, imagine the frustration, you know, you, you, you've got a small business and, and there's all of this market, but you just, you know, you, you suppose you own a small restaurant and you can only keep it open for breakfast and lunch and not dinner. Yeah. And, and you could be selling dinner if you wanted to. I mean, it'd be there if you could get 10 people to handle your dinner shift, but they just aren't there. You know, it's slowly strangling us. The, the employee housing is critical. Taking a larger view, sort of an overview, and all your time in Whistler and all the decades that you've lived in mm -hmm. Whistler, and you've seen, as, you've, as you said, you've seen so many changes in this small town. What have you seen in all that time that you feel is good, that they generally went in the right direction, and what do you see that you wish that you could change? I'm not one for looking backwards on things, you know, we are where we are, and, um, you know, I guess some things maybe could have been laid out better, uh, even small stuff, you know, like just irks me, you know, like I was in the conference center doing something and I had to plug a studio strobe in and it was just after they'd uh, done the big renovation. And I said, oh, well, where's the plug? And, and they sort of pointed over to the far, far, far wall. And I was like, you guys had this whole place apart and nobody thought to put an electrical plug in one of these beams. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, what are you thinking? You know? And, um, but I don't know. Otherwise, you know, I'd rather be looking forward than back. Yeah, and that's hardly a yeah, that's hardly a community crushing. Uh, uh, well, if you have problem. to plug studio drones in there all the time, it is. They're gonna run extension cords for half a mile across the damn conference center. Yeah, let's so you know, yeah. who thinks these things out? And um, you know, uh, it, I don't know. Whistler's just full of little irritating things like that that you know um that you can't change and can't that, change there's nothing you can do it's done it's over you know they're not going to rip the conference center up anytime in my lifetime again that's probably for sure so you know we just have to lump it yeah are there any amenities that you'd like to see bill i mean you know the second ice sheet basically i think we can forget that that's never gonna happen would be great i'd love to see it but i don't know we got to have to worry about the housing first um bathrooms you know public washrooms really? public washrooms yeah everybody goes oh eldon beck he's the guy who laid out this fantastic village and i was like you know there's nowhere to go to the bathroom there you ever notice that and, uh, well that's I, what starbucks is for yeah well starbucks is getting fed up with it you know it's just yeah, like there's a lot about the door and i'm busy yeah you know you yeah. have two thousand people five thousand people in the market square to go to the the symphony and, and there ain't toilets. Like, what the hell is that all about? And, uh, you know, it's not like that's uh, went to the one that's in there and I almost put my foot through the floor. Uh, it's embarrassing. <laughs> Nothing in the village. Yeah. And, I mean, these are not... Like I say, it's it's boring stuff, but you know, like um, but it's stuff to change that that does affect the guest experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Well, it affects everybody's experience. They had to go to the bathroom and places disgusting. I think I think and, you know. Uh, I have to say, in all the years that I've interviewed politicians, you're the first person to talk about bathroom usage. After that's definitely a first. That everyone's going to use it one way or another. <laughs> well, right? so, it's something that yeah, I don't think it's most people well, talk hey, about. Well, that is unless you have to use one and there isn't one available. Yeah. Then you really, really understand the problem. Uh, like they're spending six million bucks on a bus shelter that nobody cares about. And, and yeah, you know, we, we drove out of the village the other day and I guess somebody had gotten off the bus and really had to go and there was no bathroom and he was peeing in the middle of the lawn there at four o'clock in the afternoon. Oh my <laughs> yeah, I was just like, my wife was uh, pretty horrified. Yeah, that's, She's still talking about that's it. That's not really a good... A good you can uh, imagine what Joyce would be... Uh, 
you know, she's like, oh, that's not a very clean thing to do. <laughs> no, I don't think anybody thinks so, that's a clean thing to do. And it's yeah. certainly not a very good image for women. Yeah, Wisconsin. you're it's driving good. out of the village and there's, you know, everybody's getting off the bus and peeing like we're back in Africa, you know? It's, um, yeah. You know, like, and before uh, anybody takes, takes these things out, you know? Before anyone takes exception to Dave saying, like, we're back in Africa, he actually has firsthand experience of Africa. He lived there and worked as a photojournalist. So he's he's speaking from experience when he says Yeah, that. I'll tell you a story about peeing in buses. Um, is, we were, this is a great one. Huh? <laughs> okay. And, it doesn't uh, have anything to do with Whistler politics. It has nothing at all to do with Whistler politics. Are you sure it's you a want good to story. share this? But all yeah, right. no, we, I was following these guys uh, behind in a bus, and it was... Um, uh, there's a lot of fighting going on in this area. And, this would be uh, South Africa. This is in South Africa in the 90s. And uh, anyways, we thought there was something weird going on. I can't remember why we were doing it. And anyways, the bus goes right off to the side of the road. All these women, you know, jump out and they go running off into the bushes. Eh? And we're like, holy shit, what the hell's going on? So the reporter and I grab my cameras and we go running off into the bushes after them. And we go through the bushes and... Five of them are sitting there peeing. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, they, they, they were just like, oh, these stupid white men are coming after us to take a photo of us. So, so uh, there you go. So, probably not the... So, it, to recap, not the image we want for Whistler. Yes. Yeah. Okay, okay, there you go. So, I have the experience in these matters. Eh? Yes, you do. Um, all right. In terms of mm. where you'd like, I mean, I know you don't like to see, you, 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 did, you don't like to look back, but you mm -hmm. do want to look forward. So in yeah. terms of where you'd like to see Whistler go, what are some of the grander things that you'd like to see? I mean, how, I mean do, do you agree with Vail's policy of focusing on international visitors? Not that there's anything we can do about it as local government, mm. um, but um, where would we like to go? I mean, do, do we need to increase mountain bike trails? Do we need to encourage more golfers? What What do you think generally we can do for the health of resort as, or you can do, I should say, as uh, local government? I'm not in favor of, uh, you know, golf courses take up tons of room. And it's, um, you know, the thing about being a photographer is you go to lots of conferences and every time they have a conference, they bring an economist out to speak. And one guy had a really good thing. He says, you know, in the 80s, the, the fastest growing sport was tennis. In the 90s, it was golf. And in the 2000s, it's been bird watching. The trend bird is. Bird watching, really? Bird watching, okay. yeah. yeah. Fastest growing. I don't know what it is now. Um, but, you know, this 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 pool of well healed uh, baby boomers getting older and um, probably less golfers. So I don't think we need to do that. Uh, I was in Johannesburg, and a friend of mine has a, lives on a golf course in downtown Johannesburg, or, or not downtown, but. In central Johannesburg, and they took half the uh, half the golf course and converted it into mountain bike trails. Middle of the city. That says something. Maybe we should do that in Whistler. Well, I don't go that far, <laughs> but we have lots of places to ride mountain bikes. But you know, Warka, um, you know, for example, is a um, they go out and build all kinds of trails, and, and and they get support from the municipality, but not a giant amount. And you know, imagine the people it brings in. And, yeah. you know, it's a clean living. They fit well as tourists into the community. So that's great. Yeah. You know, let's let's support these guys that do that. You know, that they want to go off and do it. And it's it's a huge boon to them. Right. To the to the community. Yeah, it's it's so, definitely a growing sport. Yeah. Uh, we're going to have to wrap this up. I want to thank Dave for talking with us. Mm -hmm. And remember, if you don't vote October 20th, you've got nothing to complain about. 
Uh, I know from experience that Dave likes to complain. I guess that's why you're running. Yeah. Oh, I should say something about Politico, about if we go into the whole complaining and social media thing, too. Go ahead. Because we haven't even mentioned that. Because I oh, was the uh, well, I was the uh, the the uh, moderator of the Whistler Politico site, and uh, which is where you know a lot of the um, as I say, I kind of describe it as being a wonkish uh, Facebook group. But um, you know, if you want to go someplace to discuss uh, you know what's going on in Whistler, it's a it's the spot because you know the mission is to avoid some of the social media uh, bullshit of uh, always like. Uh, running at full throttle rage all the time so right and so but aside from that site where can people find you online oh you can find me at vote dave vote david buzzard and uh or on my facebook thing i have a vote david buzzard facebook page and uh i'm and i'm usually you know uh ask me anything uh you can always find me uh you got a question? Go to the uh, go to the political thing and, and throw a question up. I'm not the moderator anymore, but I'm certainly there every day. So, so. there you have it. And repeat that site. It's uh, Whistler Political. Okay. And it's a Facebook group. Not a site. Whistler Politico on Facebook. Yep. And you're not a moderator anymore, but you're always on no. there. So if you want to ask Dave a question, he usually will get back to you right away. For sure. If you're not out shooting a wedding. Yeah, or something else. Eh? <laughs> or a traffic accident. Yeah, something. something yeah, <laughs> Wedding's probably good. better. Weddings are good. I'm, I'm going to have to leave the news business if I get elected after 28 years. So, Yeah. So uh, I'm going to be in a conflict. So... Yeah, uh, it's it's gonna be a sad, it's gonna be a weird weird thing for me to but say I'm not a working journalist for the first time in my working life. Would you life. be happy to make that transition? It's gonna be difficult, you know. Well, don't it's, say that. You still want to get elected. Well, being a photojournalist is like being a Jesuit, you know. Um, um, you can you can leave the order, but you know you'll always be a Jesuit as long as you live. It'll affect everything you do in your life. So, <laughs> and with those profound words, again we thank Dave Buzzard, Dave Buzzard for counsel. Okay, and good luck, Dave. Thanks for having me, Alan. And till next time, this has been Sea to Sky Podcast. This is the Sea to Sky Podcast. If you have a comment or story ideas, please check out our website at seataskypodcast.com or on Facebook and Twitter at Sea to Sky Podcast. Thank you for clicking us on.